HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, February 4th. This is the 52nd episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is an awesome wine expert and personality, and I will introduce her in a moment. But first, as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to be positive. Bring a good attitude to everything you do, as it will not only make your life better, but it will enhance the lives of others. Look at the glass half full, or should I say the wine glass half full, and be the person that others want to be around. Essentially, it's having good karma and letting it spread. So smile and do your part in making the world a happier place. That's my tip today. Now, I'm very excited to welcome my guest to the show today. It is Leslie Sprocco, an award-winning author, speaker, wine consultant, and television host. Leslie is known for her educational and entertaining approach to wine. Recently voted as one of the top 100 most influential people in the American wine business, Leslie's engaging personality and in-depth knowledge is her trademark, whether appearing on screen or in person or on the phone as she's calling in today. So, hello. Hi, Sherry. I'm so, I'm so sad I'm not sitting next to you and having a glass of, of wine or bubbles or something. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bummed you're not here, too, but I'm, I'm thrilled you're joining me today. And you, you are in New York City, I, and I'm... And, Actually, I'm a little honored that I'm getting bumped for the Today Show. 
I, well, I would be in studio with you if I were not having to race to NBC set to be um, in studio with them. So, yes, you are, you are, you're an excellent company. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I am in both places, I guess. Yes, thank you, because you, you have rehearsal because you're doing a show there tomorrow? I am doing a show there tomorrow. It will air on Friday, and we're answering viewer questions. So it's going to be a fun format. We've, we've gone out and um, asked viewers of the show on social media, you know, what – what they want to know about wine. And um, so we've, we've got six fun questions that I'm answering tomorrow. Terrific. Well, I will watch on Friday then. <laughs> yes, we do that sometimes. We tape and then, and then it airs, you know, a day later. Right. Yes, I get it. So I want to know, you, your background is, I mean, I was reading your full bio and you have accomplished so much. So how did you get started with wine? And, and what's, tell us about your background. Well, it's, uh, I, I'm glad we have a little bit of time here. So it, it's, it's sort of a circuitous route, um, most definitely how I got to, to do what I love doing. And um, I came from not a wine background or a restaurant background or anything like that. I came from more of the media side background um, and, you know, being on television and that, um, and that side of things. But my love for wine really started, I would say, you know, in my in my early 20s, um, a little bit before that, actually, I grew up in Chicago, and my father was an airline pilot, and so we did a lot of travel. We were fortunate enough back in those days to, to be able to, um, to get on on a pass. You know, these days you can't do that, I don't think, <laughs> if, you're, if right. you're working for the airlines. But we would lug my whole family of five kids around and, and go to Europe and, and spend a lot of time traveling, and my father really enjoyed wine. So I was lucky as, as a young kid to get taste of things and have sort of a more European perspective on wine, but didn't really think about it. You know, certainly growing up in Chicago, drink beer and, you know, cocktails in college and that sort of thing. But um, I was going to move to California and be a lawyer. That was my, that was my goal. And um, when I moved to California, I sort of panicked and said, oh, my God, I can't be a lawyer. No. <laughs> my lawyer friends, I love you. But um, so... <laughs> So I, I realized that, you know, I had other passions, and, and one of those was doing some on-camera work. And so I was able to study at uh, ACT, American Conservatory Theater, and I, and I, did, um, I did quite a bit of, of, you know, commercial work and things like that. was never willing to move to L.A. and was never really willing to wait around for somebody to give me a job. So I started <laughs> producing things, and at that point I was falling in love with wine. And just as an avid consumer, as a lot of people do, and, you know, uh, trying to go to every tasting I could find. And, and it's certainly not like now where you, everybody can go and, you know, take WICT courses or sommelier courses. Or um, I was largely self-taught and really going and working harvest at California wineries and things like that. And, and pure love of wine. And at one point, I just sort of looked at myself and said, okay, how do I get paid to drink? Let me figure this one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you figured it out. <laughs> Let me figure that out. And, uh, and that's what I did. I started doing, I combined, and I do get a chance to, to speak to groups about how to turn your passion into your career. I'm no expert other than the fact that I've personally done it. So, um, you know, I've just t told my journey and my story about it. And, and really it was finding those crossover things. You know, here's what I know how to do. I know how to produce things for, I know how to write, I know how to communicate, I know how to produce, um, I know how to be on-air um, uh, talent, as we call it, and then, and I love wine, so I started doing some crossover work and, and um, doing some wine shows for a local PBS, and I now have another PBS show. So it all sort of fell into place as I really figured out that, that little click, that epiphany moment where you say, 
can I get paid to drink? And the answer is yes. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, so you're self-taught, and so you never worked in restaurants. You never, as a sommelier, it's just more um, your love and your passion and learning it by drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You're exactly right. Okay. That way, absolutely. When people say, oh, my God, I want your job, I said, well, you have to love to drink because I taste thousands of wines every year. And it it really is. Um, I, I have the great fortune being on the the press side of things. Um, I have the great fortune to be able to do quite a lot of travel um, to wine regions, and it's always been a passion of mine to actually get out and meet the winemaker. It's how it's how I learn. Um, get out, meet the winemaker, walk the vineyards, pick up the soil. You know, have a story to tell about the wine. Because when I'm doing a lot of education and speaking, people want to know the story. Sure, the wine is great, but there are lots of great wines. It's it's who are the people behind it and, you know, what's the history and what's something fun that happened and, and you know, they want to, I, I bring a little piece of, of the place to them whenever I'm doing some education. So. Right. What are, what are some of the trips you've been on recently? Oh, I just, uh, actually, I, I spent a couple of weeks in Chile in November and uh, I've been to Chile numerous times over the, the last decade, and it's interesting to see the evolution of, of where the Chilean wine industry is after, you know, a decade. It's, it's really quite exciting down there now. They're doing a lot of work with coastal areas, Casablanca area. You know, Chile, if you flipped it on its, I think if you I, I wanted to see something like from Chicago to Bolivia, that's how long and skinny <laughs> mm-hmm. Chile is. It's it's immensely, immensely long and thin country, and so so much of it is on the coast. And so so much of the new exciting things are coming from coastal vineyards, um, very cold areas, very close to the ocean, from Aconcagua Costa and from Casablanca and San Antonio and Leda. So really um, beautiful Sauvignon Blancs, crisp and clean and, and lovely Pinot Noirs. And um, so I, I spent some time exploring some of the newer wines and, um, you know, actually historic wines as well, like from the Maule region, which is an old vine, kind of an old, old gnarly vines. Carignan comes, it's a grape variety, comes from these places. So um, there's a rich history to Chile. And then we went to Patagonia ah. and, got to, and got to hike a glacier and see it calve and, and see, you know, penguins. And I've never been so cold in my life as to, to be out and seeing the penguins. So. Yeah, but that's really cool. <laughs> it's fascinating. I mean, it's a fascinating place. So, but you can't tell the story. At least I can't. I, I'm not. I guess I'm not smart enough. I can't tell the story unless I've been there. So I really do um, spend a lot of time traveling around and getting a chance to 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 talk to those people who make the wine. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, people think I travel a lot, and I I always look at people like you, and I'm like, I don't travel a lot at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because because you're you're around the world all the time and it's it's great that you figured out how to make that you know a part of your career. So, uh, absolutely, I think I grew up on a plane and so it's such a yeah. natural thing for me. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned PBS. What's your show mm-hmm. that you're doing on it now? I host a show and actually we are going into our tenth season. Um, I can't believe it because I haven't gotten a day older. I can't figure it out. You haven't. <laughs> keep telling my, my kids <laughs> that. I haven't gotten a day older. I don't know how you are. Um, so we are starting our 10th season next week, and it's called Check, Please, Bay Area. And um, it was actually started, um, I think, 11 or 12 seasons ago in Chicago. 
Um, and Barack Obama was one of the first guests on one of the first shows in Chicago. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then now it's in a couple of other cities, but San Francisco is uh, outside of Chicago. It's the longest running. And it's a really popular show uh, on PBS there, on KQED, because we get consumers there. So people write in um, that they want to be on the show. They love wine and they re- or food, and they recommend one of their favorite restaurants. And then we get... They all go to visit the other restaurants anonymously, and then we sit around the table in the studio, of course, with lots of copious amounts of wine in hand. Um, that's how I get people to relax and feel comfortable at 9 in the morning. <laughs> I pour them Riesling or, or Prosecco or something. Um, and we talk about the place, just like you do with your friends, right? Oh, you call that clam chowder? That's not clam chowder, you know. Um, and it's and it's really a wonderful um relatable experience and so I think that's why people love the show and then we go back and shoot the food and interview the chef and so it's a very visual show as well and is it because you're in San Francisco so is this only broadcast in San Francisco or can anyone it's, watch it yeah well you can watch it online okay um, it is broadcast in Northern California um, but it, you can watch it online at kqed.org which is the, the PBS station um, and if you're coming to San Francisco or if you just like food honestly it's a really as I mentioned, visual show, a really beautiful show to watch and fun because it, it's, um, you get a chance to see all these great dishes. You're, I, I guarantee you will be hungry after you watch the show. I'm sold. I, I, will, I will look it up. <laughs> and I do wine tips every, every week on the show. So, you know, I do some education. Um, that's a real passion of mine. As you can tell, I, I you know, have no problem talking, but I get up and, and I'm able to share a little bit of information every uh, every show with my wine tip series. Right. Well, that brings me to, so you have, you do a lot of speaking around the country. I know you're going to be down at South Beach Food and Wine Festival soon, right? You're, yes. Because uh, I'll be there, but I'm not teaching any seminars. I think you are. <laughs> I'm actually, yes, yes, yes. We'll be leading um, the wines of uh, the beautiful Brunello di Montalcinos of Mastriani. Um, so it, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous uh Brunello producer, and Brunello di Montalcino is, uh, the, the place is Montalcino in Tuscany, and Brunello di Montalcino is one of the most famous wines, red wines of Italy, and certainly of the world. Um, and, uh, and they recently just, the, the 2010 vintage was, was outstanding, and, um, and so they're showing off some of the new wines, and, and Brunello can age beautifully, so there's going to be some older wines. Wonderful. And, um, so, and I've got the Boston Wine Expo coming up. Oh, that's, when's that? That's next week. That's next week. <laughs> You're so busy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to learn about wine, if, uh, I'm doing the keynote speech at, at the Boston Wine Expo, so that'll be a fun one. We're learning how to, I call it wine words. We're learning, learning how to put uh, words to wine. What does it mean when we say oaky and tannic and all those sorts of fun things? Do you have standard seminars that you do, or are you always mixing it up? You know, I'm always mixing it up. I think everything is, I, I customize everything. I mean, there are, I do standard, um, you know, education themes, if you will, you know, a, a Wine 101 session or, or wine and food pairing or things like that. But it's always different wines. It's always different. There's something always new and different. So even if people have seen me before, I've been keynote at the Boston Wine Expo um, a few years back, it, you know, if they come again to my session, um, you might hear a few of the same jokes. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but, <laughs> um, but the wines are all different, and I do all sorts of, of fun and different things like mystery wines. I make, you know, I'll pick some people from the audience and put them on the spot and make them guess what it is and things like that. 
Sounds sounds very fun. Okay, so we're going to take a break here and come back, talk more with Leslie. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Today's break song is called Anxieties by The Landing. This is heritageradionetwork.org. has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast regional forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hi, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Leslie Sprocco. We're talking about wine, lots of wine. <laughs> so, Leslie, I let's talk about the hat you wear as a writer, because I know you've written lots of articles for publications, and you also have written some books. I have. I've written two books, um, Wine for Women, which came out, I, I have a hard time believing this, but came out 10 years ago. Um, I know because my, I had just given birth to my son, and he's now 12, so, you know, I was, I was mm-hmm. writing like a, a maniac while I had the, the baby there. Um, but it, um, it really was one of the first, the first book that, that looked at the female buying audience, and women are the majority of wine consumers in this country. We buy the most wine, we drink the most wine. And I just really geared the book. I don't recommend different wines for men or women. It's not like that at all. It's about the way that we approach buying wine, and much more from a lifestyle perspective. Um, you know, it's not about necessarily collecting wines. Um, it's about, although I do have quite expensive wines that I talk about, but it's about integrating it every day into your life. And then I wrote the Simple and Savvy Wine Guide, which was more of a guide, but I broke it down again, lifestyle, you know, wines by mood, wines with food, wines by season, you know, the way you kind of approach wines naturally. And I'm working on a new one now called 100 Days, 100 Drinks, Dishes, and Destinations. Ah. (laughs) Well, that's fitting. My love of food and travel. Yeah, well, writing's hard. I mean, I was I was just talking to someone about how you really have to you have to make the time to just you know get all the clutter away and just sit down and write. Um, oh, it's hard. It is. It is because I think there's so many distractions now out there. But um, it's. I think. I mean, what do you enjoy? Do you, do you, do you enjoy writing more or equal to the public speaking, or is it a nice balance between doing both? You know what. Speaking, um, public speaking and television is the easiest thing for me to do. Um, I'm very comfortable in front of an audience, whereas some people have a hard time with that, and that's the harder um, piece of what they do. For me, it's the the most uh, comfortable form of communication. 
kind of one-on-one, and I really love speaking because I can see the reaction. When I say something, you know, to give, to give the audience a, a, a brick in their wall of wine knowledge, and I see the light bulb go on, it just it makes me so excited. So I love that interaction, and writing is actually the hardest thing I do. Uh, as you said, there are so many distractions. You have to shut the door. You have to carve out time and say, nobody's bothering me. I'm not going to answer texts or emails. Or, and, and really, with a travel schedule, it's very difficult. Hence, it's taken me a long time to write the third book. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's not easy. It's like running. You know, you hate running, but you love having run. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't necessarily <laughs> love writing, but I love it when I'm done. You know, no, it's a good analogy because you feel so great when when it's done. <laughs> uh, you do, and, yeah. and you know, I go back and I throw this. I'm the kind of writer that I throw the spaghetti all on the wall, and then I go back and edit and shape and reshape. And I think the highest compliment I've ever received about my writing—I don't consider myself a great writer in any way, shape, or form—but the biggest compliment I got was um, a woman coming up after reading Wine for Women, and she was in one of my one of my seminars, and she said, "You know, I just want to tell you." Having met you and having heard you, your book is exactly like you. It's your voice. And I, I, I said, oh, it gives me goosebumps. Thank you. Because that's what you want. You want to have your unique voice when you write. Yeah, no, that's... And it's hard to get. Yeah, that's terrific. And I have seen you many times on the Today Show and your appearances. And you're a natural on TV. I mean, you just... Oh, thank you. You are. You, you, and, and I think that is a skill that a lot of people don't have. Um, so it's, it's tr- congratulations. <laughs> Cause, no, because well, I see, you know, yeah. said the gift of gab. She, you know, they, they just called a little Miss Sunshine and put me up on, you know, <laughs> give, give it to Leslie. She'll eat anything. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's ask, uh, let's go to the question I had from last week. Um, I asked my guest, Peter Orphanus of Orph Media, Uh, which is an award-winning interactive digital media agency, I asked him to ask you a question. So his question was, how do you research wine? Um, Are are you using any particular apps online? Oh, very good question. Um, Yes, you know, now how how you research is so different um, than, let's say, 10 years ago when I was writing my first book or even, you know, six years ago when I was writing my second and now writing my third. Um, now you research everything online, and you have to really filter through what's, what's good, what's bad content. There's so much content out there. It's not like I've got 20 wine books open on my desk like I used to. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing so much, much of it. Um, so much of what I do research-wise is, is um, actual face-to-face interviews and being there. But I think um, in terms of, of apps and tools I use online, one thing I use daily is a website called Wine Searcher. And it's um, just wine-searcher.com. And um, it, it started out, and it still is the best place if you just put in any wine you, you want, and then it'll tell you the stores and the prices in your area of where to buy that wine. Oh, terrific. So I look at it for pricing information. Um, I look at it for if people want to know where to buy the wine. Um, and it um, now also offers content, so they do articles and, and daily information. It's just a, it's an excellent resource. Great, I will check that out. I took. And there's I another app down. I use um, <laughs> called Drink, D R Y, D R Y N C, Drink. Okay. Um, and it's uh, it's a they've got other ones like Delectable and um, Vivino and but um, Drink allows you to scan the label and then take a picture of the label and then it'll find the wine for you and you can enter your wine notes and then you can buy the wine. Ah, excellent! I'd heard of 
I'd heard of Vivino and Delectable, but I didn't hear of this one. Yeah. So, so you're full um, of knowledge. Qu- quite easy, and they're, you know, um, and Delectable as well. You know, you've got communities of wine lovers that follow you, and um, so it, it, everything's certainly you know, getting to your phone. <laughs> Everything is going mobile, and so you have to be able to, to... I couldn't take I couldn't take all the wine notes I take anymore without just having pictures of the labels. <laughs> right. Well, that's great. I, I think those excellent answers to his excellent question. Uh, so what, what do you think's changed in the industry since, since you've been drinking wine? <laughs> in, my, in all my years, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, have you noticed anything? <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's such an exciting time because we're now the number one wine-consuming nation in the world. Mm. So um, that happened just a couple years ago. And so um, whereas consumption is declining in other countries, and certainly in European countries, Italy, I'm actually in New York right now for a, a terrific conference called Vino, um, and it's tasting all Italian wines and looking at what's going on in the Italian market because Italy is actually the number one most imported wine into the U.S. right now. It kind of always buys with France and Spain, but... Um, one out of every three bottles comes in now from Italy in terms of imported wine. That's the consumption. But we are a, a wine-loving nation now, and I think it's getting to the point, the exciting part is people are looking at it as a daily beverage. It's not something to revere. It's not something to fear. It's something you drink and enjoy. And, you know, and I think we're getting to that point where everything from the Internet to all these great mobile apps is making wine so much more approachable. Yeah, that that's uh, that makes sense. What do you what advice do you have for someone who wants to become a wine pro? Do you think they should just just drink drink, drink and drink 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 taste 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 taste. Um, there's nothing that replaces tasting wine, and so get a tasting group together, and um, you know that way you can share on costs of wine, and you know if you want to be a pro in the industry, and you know you, you've got to. Um, Take classes. You know, there are so many opportunities now for great classes. Um, you can do them online. You can do them. I'm actually starting to teach a class series in San Francisco. Um, but there are, in every city in the country, there's wonderful wine schools. Kevin Zraeli, certainly in New York City, teaches, teaches the best, called Windows on the World. Um, he's, he's, and, he's been uh, doing it a long time. Yes, he's been doing it a long time and educated so many of the top people in the industry now. So, um, you know, there's, there's just a, a wealth of information out there. So take classes, learn, taste, be curious. Okay, good advice. We're going to take another break here. Come back, we're going to do my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Another one by The Landing. This one's called Write It Down.
Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest is Leslie Sprocco. Leslie, it is time for my speed round game. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Although I don't have a glass of wine in my hand, which is making me nervous, but I'm ready. Okay. Don't be nervous. My game is very (laughs) simple. I'm going to name two things, and you just pick your preference. Okay. So here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. This one's an easy one for you. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Wine. (laughs) Tasting menu or a la carte? Uh, tasting menu. Small plates or large plates? Large plates. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Ooh, uh, I would love to see all-inclusive now. Tipping is such a hot topic we could discuss later. But. Yeah, it is. It seems It seems to be, so we'll discuss later. <laughs> How about a communal table or chef's counter? Oh, I'm a gabber, so I'd like to say the communal table. Okay. A few more. Red or white wine? White. Wow, I really thought you were going to say red. I don't know why. You know what? I (laughs) adore great white wines in this world. I, I just, you know, I love, I do love all wines. If it's good wine, I love it. Um, you know, but, and it depends on what you're drinking and, I mean, what you're eating and where you are. Um, but I just find that I drink more whites these days. Um, okay. Beautiful Fair. white wines. Good to know. How about Hoda or Kathy Lee? <laughs> I'm going to go with Miss Kathy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I've told you this, that Hoda lives in my building, so I would go with yeah. Hoda. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go with Hoda. We're even out there. Okay. Kathy is one of the sweetest people in the world. Yeah. Okay. And she has a wine. Sorry to interrupt on oh, the speed game. That's here. okay. She has a wine called Gift. I think I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're big wine drinkers. They are. She loves wine and um, Gift G I F F T, meaning Gifford, and of course Gift. Um, and uh, check it out. It's it's affordable and um, really a good wine. Okay. Will do. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Last one, Manhattan, Brooklyn, or San Francisco? Or I could say Chicago, too. I'm going to have to say San Francisco. I have to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. You you did well. That was the game. (laughs) That's it. I feel like I should do a a shot of tequila now or something. (laughs) Game's over. If you have one where you are, feel free. (laughs) I had one last night, and I'm paying for it today. (laughs) Uh, I hear you. Okay, so let's talk some industry news. So big news this week. Uh, it was an article in the New York Times by Florence Fabricant. She covered the Bacustador competition where Americans took second place. And this was a really big deal because the U.S. has not placed before. Um, they've never earned a medal. Uh, the, the highest they've gotten in the past was sixth. So they came in second. This is the culinary competition that takes place in Lyon, France. And um, since 2008, the it's it, they've been promoting it a lot, trying to get the U.S. team to advance. It's backed by Danielle Ballou, Thomas Keller, Jerome Bacus, mm-hmm. and um, it's super exciting. So congratulations, USA. Go Team USA. And I think, if I'm correct, that the U.S. government, I, they, they don't get any money to support it, whereas other countries do, because um, they put a lot of, obviously, you know, 
pride from their country in that. Um, so for us to do so well, but I mean, look at the lineup. I think it's French Laundry was cooking, you know, staff of French Laundry. And, mm-hmm. and um, so it is big news. It is big news. And this is the really serious, I mean, this is, forget Top Chef 30 Minutes on a TV show. This is, you know, this is serious cooking. Oh, it is. I mean, I read that the chefs, they trained for a year for it. And the, the contest, they have to cook for five hours plus and they're they're given a meat and fish that they're told that everyone cooks it was guinea hen and trout they said but then it's this elaborate presentation with garnishes and it's very intense and uh it's it's super it's super exciting because um it said so norway got first and sweden got third but we got second (laughs) <laughs> Norway and Sweden, isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. Well, some of the best restaurants now are, are, you know, from the Scandinavian countries, right? That's fantastic. Well, Lyon is, if you've ever been to Lyon, or, I uh, have. It, it's really a big gastronomic capital, yeah, I guess you would say, of France. It's, it's quite an amazing place. Yeah, I had been in Paris with my family, and I took off to Lyon for, for two nights because I wanted to check it out. And it was such a charming did you eat town. Did you I go did. Eat I ate at Bocuse and I got I had that one of their signature dishes that the fish with the potatoes on top and right, or the breast chicken I had the breast chicken I believe when I was there yeah yeah it was and and Paul Bocuse went around to all the tables and said hello and it was it was a very memorable experience so yeah, Lyon is special and I think I mean that's where Danielle Ballou grew up I think that's his hometown um, I think so so yeah this is this is this is great and it's not it's not that known like mainstream press i think the culinary world like we know about it but right um i think it will start to gain more momentum especially since we've now placed (laughs) (laughs) go team usa yeah exactly okay so another big story this week was about shake shack and article i picked out was in newsday Titled Shake Shack shares more than double in stock market debut. It was by the Associated Press. Andy Meyer press. is a rich man. He, he was he was buying some nice bottles of Krug and great champagne. I'm sure after that day. <laughs> he really he he really is, and I I mean he's such a hard worker, nice guy, and I think you know I'm very happy for him. Uh, but yes, oh, he's I am too. he's a wealthy man right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and certainly a, a an icon in the in the industry, Danny Meyer. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, um, I, although I haven't been to Maialino yet, I'm looking forward to, to going to eat at Maialino. But um, I, I, Shake Shack, they're delicious, let's face it. I mean, those, those burgers are delicious. And that's what, I'm, um, you know, the growing trend is towards that fast casual. So people, you know, they don't want McDonald's anymore, as you, you can tell, you know, by this, what's happening with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You know, that's passe and, they, you know, it's not healthy, or that's at least the impression. You know, get a burger cooked for you and, and you know, grass-fed beef and all of that. Um, we just, where I live, they just opened a Habit Burger, which it's called The Habit. And, again, it's the same sort of Shake Shack mentality, you know, freshly made to order, you know, just grab your food, sit down. So it's fast. It's in and out, which is another good one, too, in and out. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you had in and out burger? I have. I have. And I, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's people, it's so funny whenever I see food industry industry friends out on the west coast they all talk about the you know the michelin star restaurants they go to and then they all hit in and out oh yeah no of course after a night of drinking you know although in and out 
you, you will stay in line in your car. I mean, it, it's 20 deep, and they come send people out to take your order because everybody loves In-N-Out burgers and, and you know, freshly cut fries. So I think that's the trend. That's why Shake Shack has done so well is, mm-hmm. you know, and certainly the, the, I can sort of tie it into wine because, you know, younger drinkers, i.e., and, and, you know, maybe a younger clientele in terms of, of the fast casual restaurants, the Chipotles and, and Paneras and things like that, um, you know, want something that's more authentic, want something that comes from somewhere. You know, in terms of millennials and wine drinkers, they're a hugely growing category, and they're more adventurous drinkers, um, more willing to say, well, if I can't pronounce it, that doesn't matter. Is it good? Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Chardonnay or Merlot. It could be a Falangina from Italy, and, I, you know, I want to try it. So I think that's, you know, it certainly ties into what's happening with the wine business as well. Yeah, and what you and you're absolutely right with the fast casual growing. It's it's taken off and I think Shake Shack was a bit ahead of the curve because Danny Meyer is usually ahead of the curve. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and actually I just I mean he doesn't stop. I just read today how he's opening a cocktail bar called Porchlight. Um it's going to be 28th Street and 11th and this is the first oh. time he's doing a cocktail bar that will have food but it's not a restaurant with a bar. It's really focused on the cocktails. That's great. We'll have to go, Sherry. We will. (laughs) Next time you're in New York, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so typically I take a break here and then we come back and I do my solo dining experience and ask you the final question. But since you have to go, why don't we do the final question now? Okay. Okay, so what that is is I would like you to ask a question for my guest next week. I'm having on Didier Elena. He is the executive chef at the Chef's Club in New York City in Aspen. I don't know if oh, you're yes. familiar with him or his restaurant. I but, have eaten at the Chef's Club in Aspen because I'm uh, one of the speakers at the Aspen Food and Wine Club. Ah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to ask him um, when he is cooking, does he actually have a glass of wine in his hand? And if so, what is it? Hmm. I think he's a big wine drinker, so mm-hmm. I, I'm like I'm like speculating. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Great question. I will ask him. Um, great. I'll have to tune in next week and listen to it. Yes, you will. I'm excited to have him on. He's. I mean, he worked for Ducasse for many, many years, and uh, he's. I'm. Um, I'm sure he's a lot of great stories to share. So. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sorry you couldn't come out to the studio, but I'm glad we were able to do this via phone. Thank you so much for having me. And next time, uh, hopefully you'll have me back on again, and I will come out to the studio and, oh. and bring a bottle of wine for us to open while we're, while we're chatting. Okay. Terrific. <laughs> Thanks so much. And, thank um, you. Stay with us because we're just going to take a break and come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience. It's all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. 
Now this week I'm talking about Vegas. Yes, Vegas, baby. I went on a solo trip this past weekend just to check out the restaurant scene. Here's the rundown of one of the amazing meals that I had. The restaurant, Raku. The location, 5030 West Mountain Road in Las Vegas, Nevada. The concept? The name, which is officially Aburia Raku, means charcoal grill house enjoyment. The restaurant specializes in authentic Japanese food. The chef and owner, Mitsuo Endo. Why did I go? Because this off-the-strip restaurant has received amazing accolades and press and is known to be a chef go-to spot. My experience. I had a reservation for one at 6 p.m. I arrived and was seated at the chef's counter in front of the lovely display of fish. The staff took really good care of me from start to finish, and it was a very memorable meal. What did I get? Well, since I wasn't sure what to order because the menu was very large, I went with the omakase, which consisted of about eight dishes, plus I had green tea. My take. My ordering decision was a very good call, as the tasting menu included a wide variety of signature dishes from the menu and was a great value. Now, I apologize if I butcher these names, but here are some of my favorite courses. I had the sashimi moriawase, crispy asparagus okaki, matsuba korea ichiaboshi, which was a beautiful whole salted fish, ajidashi tofu, which was house-made fried tofu, and negitoro don. The scene was tourists and locals and many Asians. Perfect for a true food lover. Interesting tidbit, next door to Raku is Sweets Raku, which apparently has fantastic dessert tasting menu. My cheesecake dessert was actually prepared there just for Raku, but it's not served at Sweets Raku. Personal fun fact, I posted three photos from this dinner on Instagram, and all three photos received about 50 likes each so far, and a couple of wows. So check out my account at Sherry Bayer. The cost was $78, not including tax and tip. Would I go back? For sure. But I'd try Sweets Raku first, just to try something different. The website is raku-grill.com, and that's R-A-K-U. Okay, Leslie is gone. So we are done with the final question. We're just going to do my wrap-up and tell you I was speaking with Leslie Sprocko. She is an award-winning author, speaker, wine consultant, and television host. Her website is lesliesprocko.com. Her social media is Leslie Sprocko. My handles are at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry, at Heritage underscore Radio. My Facebook page is All in the Industry, and my website is BayerPublicRelations.com. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We are on Stitcher and iTunes as well. Thanks to my engineer, Jack, and to Leslie and everyone out there listening. I'm Sherry Bayer, and I'll be back next Wednesday with another live show at 4 p.m. Hope you'll tune in then. Thanks for being a part of All in the Industry. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. 
Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.